Welcome to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, holistic health coach, clinical herbalist, and functional medicine pharmacist, or just holistic pharmacist for short. I'll be sharing inspiring stories of my guests who have shifted into holistic modalities, both personally and professionally. My co-host, Dr. Jenna Carmichael, will be joining me to lead the Journal Club episodes to share an evidence-based approach to holistic and herbal medicine. I'm so glad you're here and hope you enjoy the show. I still can't believe we're already on season seven of the podcast, marking seven years. And I also can't wait to introduce my next guest, who I personally got the honor to know as a human and student in my herbal practitioner program. Heather Hardin received her Doctor of Pharmacy degree from the University of Florida in 2005 and is a board-certified ambulatory care specialist. After working as a community pharmacist, Dr. Hardin became a clinical assistant professor at the University of Florida College of Pharmacy. Heather currently owns her own health and wellness company, Halo Health Services, where she helps clients find more natural ways to address the root causes of their health concerns, decreasing dependence on prescription medication. She works to identify and address the root cause of conditions instead of merely treating the symptoms. Heather teaches yoga, leads meditations, and sells her own CBD products. She also hosts two vodcast podcasts called Pharmacist Out of the Box and Nurture Your Soul. I'm beyond proud and grateful to feature this beautiful soul. And also just a reminder that February is Heart Health Awareness Month and for all you lovers out there who are celebrating Valentine's Day. I hope you had a great one. And without further ado, enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I have with me today, Heather Hardin, and she is one of my favorite people. She was one of my students, just graduated. She is a naturopathic pharmacist and CBD consultant and formulator, as well as a yoga teacher. So I can't wait to have her on the show today and learn from her. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. It's so exciting to be here, Marina. Thank you. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. So um, I'd love to just ask you what I ask everybody when they come on the show, which is really like, how did you get into pharmacy? Where did you grow up? And why did you choose this profession to start with? Yeah. Well, thank you for that. So I grew up in the Southeast. It's hard to say we moved like every two years. So I grew up all over like Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Um and just always was interested in health and that sort of sciencey stuff, of course, and chemistry. And um, so as I grew up, you know, of course, coming through school, you know, being a doctor, I was one of those pharmacists, like so many of us, it's like, oh, I thought about being a doctor. And um, I soon realized that's not really what the life I wanted. It was more for me about being tied to the pager, working 24-7, like I just didn't want that. I wanted a family. So pharmacy just seemed like the next best thing to still be able, of course, to fill that passion of helping people feel better, taking care of people, um, and yet still having the ability to have um, a family and a life that was a little more centered. So um, so that's how I got into pharmacy itself. Um, yeah. Yeah, I hear that a lot from people that the flexibility, you know, and all the opportunities and being able to pretty much pick which schedule you want, depending on the setting, um, you know, it's it's really convenient and you could always find a field in healthcare, they say, right? There's always going to be a job in this field. 
So uh, that's how a lot of us get in here. And so what was your journey like as far as going to school and how did your mission and passion for pharmacy evolve? <laughs> so that's a very interesting story. I'll keep it to the short version. But I actually started pre-pharmacy right out of college. I My husband is my high school sweetheart, so I've known him since I was 16. So he kind of took that earlier journey with me as well. And I was going to finish school and go through pharmacy school. And then we were going to get married after that. So we dated already for like four years and we weren't planning on getting married for another couple of years when I graduated. Um, but life happened and he ended up joining the military. So we I, I stopped school at that point as a younger person and went to Japan actually to live for three years um, and became a wife and all those wonderful things. Then we moved to Montana and at that point, I got pregnant and started our family and our kids were both born in Montana. But at that point, I was really itching after being around kids all day long. I was really itching to be around adults again and like do something that I knew I had up here that I had the ability to do and finish. And so we decided um, we were at that point in his military career, of either staying in or get out. It, you know, if you were staying any longer, you might as well finish. So it was the time to make that decision. And we decided to let go of the military, um, put everything. My husband it was such a blessing to support me and uh, you know send me back to school. I told him, I said, if you just send me to pharmacy school, we'll get me through it. You can play golf all day. I don't care. Like you can be stay at home dad. Um, but of course that never happens. He loves his job and he still <laughs> doesn't, he's still working really hard. But we came to Florida. I went to the University of Florida, got my degree at an older age with two kids. Um, so it's interesting and fun that my kids remember us doing homework together and things like that. So I, I did get my degree kind of um, as a, later in life with the kids. And I loved I, at the time I was considered a non-traditional student. And that was such a tag of like, OK, I'm different. I'm that different person going through school non-traditionally. But I've learned to kind of grasp that about myself. Now I'm like, I celebrate that I'm, I'm non-traditional pretty much in everything. Um, and so, you know, my path began in that Western world of school and pharmacy and um, learning about prescription medications, very little about traditional, you know, the more traditional medications of like our ancestors. Um, and so I went down that path, even I'll stop there, but that's kind of the beginning of my journey. I don't know if you want me to keep going about what happened in my career. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I love that you were able to wear that title as a badge of honor being non-traditional because, you know, whenever we like step outside the box that we paint ourselves in or society paints ourselves into, you know, it could be ostracizing, right? And lonely. And so wearing that as something to be proud of is a way that we can always shift our perspective. And who wants to be normal anyway? Like, what is normal even? And, you know, it's yeah. just an average of everybody's crazy. And I don't mean that in a, in a pathology way, right? It's just, you know, everybody's unique, you know, and we can think about the spectrum and the quirkiness and we don't have to pathologize it. So I love that. Um, and also it's fascinating to learn about your trajectory and living in all these different places and being exposed to different cultures. And I'm really curious about how that influenced your non-traditional thinking as well. So yeah, I would love to hear what else happened in your career. <laughs> yeah, non-traditionally, I think Japan on that side, just they have a totally different culture. They have such a great environment of honor. Um, that's a really a big to me, a big way they're different than we are. They have a big connection to family. I think that's somehow we've lost in America and just that sense of honor and how 
that sense of honor kind of drives their behavior of like crime and things like that. Like they have this sense of like not dishonoring their self or their family. And so that that's something I took from there. Plus not wearing shoes in my house is always a plus. I love not wearing shoes in my house. Um, <laughs> But um, I didn't really get to experience at that point, you know, any of their, that would have been amazing to be able to kind of study, you know, Japanese traditional, you know, ancestral plant therapy or whatever that they use. I'm sure there's a lot of knowledge there. Um, but my, the, my career after I got into pharmacy school, um, you know, I really wanted to be that person that was more ambulatory care. So I was um, in more in the retail pharmacy for like five years, but then got the opportunity to go to the University of Florida as a professor. And again, a non-traditional path for me, because I don't tell a lot of people at UF, the University of Florida, but I became a professor. I was invited to be a professor um, coming from the retail setting because they were looking for a retail pharmacist in the MTM space or the medication therapy management space to, to build a center there at the University of Florida. And they were looking for somebody like me, but somebody like me doesn't have a residency. So again, I got to be a professor at a big university without having a residency. That's so very non-traditional, <laughs> but it's such a blessing. I'm very thankful for that opportunity. And I got to be at the University of Florida for nine years as a professor. And um but at that point, instead of the residency, I got board certified in ambulatory care. So that kind of puts that little asterisk kind of not so bold and not having a residency because I, I did the board certification. But I got the wonderful opportunity to be at UF and work with students. I love teaching. I love training. I love uh, quality, all those kind of things I got exposed to there. But I was very frustrated um, at the time. I got really burned out. I couldn't at the time, know why or what was happening. But looking back, I know exactly that my life at that point wasn't in line with my passions and what I really wanted to do to help patients. I was very frustrated with not being able to do the things that I think could really help patients. And so that's when I decided to leave the University of Florida and do my own thing. Wow. Well, I definitely want to hear about your next steps here. And I do want to also backtrack to Japan because it's one of the blue zone diets, right? Um, right. One of the zones in the world is in Okinawa, Japan. And there's a lot of documentaries and a lot of uh, research about what makes a blue zone a blue zone and all these factors. And one of them is diet. Mm -hmm. um, and so I actually watched a recent documentary on Netflix, putting a little plug in there. <laughs> and it was really wonderful to see that, you know, life is just, it's more than, you know, working to live or eating to live. It's like we live and then we have all these other facets. And one of them is culture, which you alluded to, or like family or strong roots, like feeling like you really belong somewhere, which also relates to how we were talking about being labeled as different. So that is really, really important. Community, right, is really important and, and like-mindedness and that could look like family, that could look like a religion that a community practices. Um, so there's a lot of different ways. And I'm curious to hear, um, you know, what, first of all, what subject you taught, what subject area, right, for the younger generation? And uh, what exactly did you feel like did not align? And what was kind of missing? And how did you find it? <laughs> Thank you. Um so I taught, like I said, they really brought me on. I got the opportunity to go to UF because of MTM or medication therapy management. Um, and I don't know, if I'm supposed that our audience might know what that is, um, but it really is just taking care in a more personal level, one-to-one -one with a patient to really go over their medications and 
we do at that point, what got frustrating looking back is during MTM. And that's what I taught to students. I taught them how to perform MTM. We had a lot of students in our center. It was student run. It was uh, residents. We had residents. So it was really funny. That I got to, I was actually the residency director of residents and I never had a residency. So that was a unique experience, but um, it was teaching them more of like how to really assess fully. And we almost, we do a holistic analysis of a patient. We're looking at their diet. We're asking about smoking. We're asking about their alcohol consumption. We're asking all these wonderful questions. And then we talk about the meds and then that's all we focused on as answers was the meds. So we had gotten all this information on this diabetic patient, for example, and all we wanted to do at the end, or we're going to do really was adjust their medications. When we just had found out that the issue of their sugars being out of whack, or maybe not necessarily their, their medications, but we just found out that their diet's out of sorts, you know, and, and, you know, whatever, you know, we would find out their lifestyle situation, but we never addressed that. And that was very, in that space, I think that looking back, that was what was very frustrating to me is I knew we could help that patient in that more holistic way. We had all the information of what was going on and yet we weren't acting on it. We're only focused on this prescription medications. Um, and so that's where my, my, I think my pull of my heart to do something about that and to be in a space and create a space where I could help people in that more holistic place of addressing, you know, their relationships with people, their diets, um, how they, what they think about their diseases. We, there's so much mental around why we do well or don't do well with our medications. And, and so there, and, and like you said, you know, I, there's just so much in my life that I can offer as Heather with yoga and some other things that I personally do and practice. And, and I'm a very active workout person. So uh, yes, so that was my frustration is like, okay, it started itching in my brain of like, Heather, you can do more, you can do more. And so that's when I made the change. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like our biggest fear or discomfort is when we know we're not living up to our full potential. We know that there's something more that we want, that our soul craves for, and that we're capable of doing. So that's when the disconnect kind of seeps in and it kind of like will grind at you until you act on it, right? Um, so I'm curious to hear when you got into yoga, how you're incorporating it now, um, and really what you're building. Like, did you have a plan when you left the position or, you know, how did that all turn out? Well, it's funny you mentioned the spiritual piece because I'm a spiritual person. I feel like we, a lot of, most of us are, um, and even if you don't admit it, there's a spiritual sense to so many of us, but it, it, for me, it was very personal. I, I tell people the story, like, God was screaming at me to make that change of leaving my job. And it didn't make any sense to me because I loved my job. I loved teaching students. I was at the University of Florida, which is very prestigious. I was a director of a whole department and I was running that department and I was successful, like in every sense of the word. And I was happy, you know, I had everything I wanted and yet I wasn't happy inside. I was miserable. And I just kept hearing that, that whisper of spirit or universe or God saying, you have to leave. And I told my husband, finally, I was driving to work one day just in tears. I just didn't want to go to work. And I told my husband, I'm like, I just can't ignore it anymore. I think I have to leave. And it doesn't make any sense. So no, I did not know what I wanted to do. But I all I knew is that I needed to leave. And so I trusted my heart, trusted my, you know, God, and I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. I'm, I'm leaving. 
Um, and I honestly, Marina sat in my backyard for two months with my chickens and my dogs and just enjoying the birds and being in nature and just opening myself up, my heart, my soul, like every, my mind. I, I gave myself every opportunity to think about what in the world would I create if money was an option, nobody would stop me, resources, there was nothing that would be in my way, what would I do? And that's where I came up with um, the Halo Health, which is my practice. And it was that <laughs> more holistic way of like, I want to take care of people. I want to work with patients who want to get better and I want to really help them get better. Um, and so um, that's what I created. It, it's a way to work with patients just like I do, knowing the medications, knowing Western medicine, but also knowing these other modalities of like yoga and things that I practice and knowing how those could decrease stress and center us and give us more purpose and how that can sometimes be a lot of healing in our bodies chemically as well to decrease stress and, and help some of these diseases. And so now I'm able to work with clients um, when it comes to their medications, but then also walk with them to see how we can maybe use um, all the modalities of like stress relief, our nutrition, um, our relationships, um, just motivating people to be more um, like aware and, and present, like we talk about a lot in yoga, just to just become a more holistic, healthier person in general, knowing that that's ultimately going to make a lot of our conditions better. Um, and so that's, that's how, what I brought into my practice. Yeah, I love that. And certainly, you know, even the World Health Organization recognizes the mind body and spirit components of health and more and more people are realizing we can't just separate out like okay this is just a mental health issue this is just a physical issue it's like we have a body mind connection and conversation and when you don't listen to those whispers then your body will start screaming at you mm -hmm. so you have to get good at discerning right what is your body or your mind or you know, spirit saying to you, because then it will just keep getting louder. And then it, it's just people get all kinds of things that wake them up. Uh, and we don't have to wait until we crash to rock bottom, we could just start listening and picking up on these things earlier. So those are some of the lessons that I've been learning. Um, and so I'd like to ask you what made yoga and you know, you mentioned just moving your body in general, such a big component of what you incorporate and, um, you know, what kind of conditions or um, specializations do you have as far as what you offer to people? Right. So because of the yo yoga itself is a great way. I think a lot of people come to yoga to find that mind, body, spirit connection. It's a it's a it's a good method of doing that. We do a lot of practice. So we, of course, work our bodies, but then we do also have meditative time or time to be self-centric. Um, and just kind of connect deeper with who you are in that big self, capital S. Um, and so a lot of times people that I'm working with happen to be um, a little more anxious or a little more tangled up into their minds to where they can't relax or they can't um, be okay in their bodies. And so it seems to be one of my specialties. I have a couple, but that's a big part of my clientele is the more anxious, um, stressed out type person. Um, that just is ready, just cannot take it anymore. They're just ready to, to not be so stressed out. And so I'm able to work with them. I'm also lead meditation. So through meditation, through mind body work of yoga, 
Um, of course, there's supplements uh, that we uh, can use to help people or herbals. Thank you so much, Marina. I took your program and it's been really great on that side of things to just see. Um, I had my little menu of things for anxiety, but to be able to see the plant options, the herbal options I didn't know about, that was actually an added uh, modality to my menu. Um, but yeah, and so and then also CBD became part of a big part of my practice because CBD can be very um, therapeutic for those who have anxiety or sleep issues, which are also tied a lot of times to our minds and, and anxiety. Um, and so that became kind of a big presentation of what I, I do to a lot of my clients is work on that side of things. Yeah, beautiful. And of course, CBD comes from cannabis, which is an ancient plant, right? Mm -hmm. It's gotten such a long history of use with different cultures. Um, and the way that politics played a role in, you know, accessing it or demonizing it. And now it's sort of like legitimate, finally, um, you know, and even though the THC component is sort of demonized still, as an herbalist, I recognize that the whole plant contains all the components of the medicine, and they're all there for a reason and for synergy. So isolating them changes, you know, the composition. Um, so for you, I'd love to hear just a little bit about how you discovered the power and the benefits of CBD and how you were able to offer that Oh, so that falls into that same story of me leaving UF. So um, when I left UF, I was definitely burned out. I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, I was severely burned out, just very stressed. I worked way too hard, did not have good work-life balance, but I'm a lifelong anxiety sufferer. That is my, my cross to bear my whole life. And so I had been through therapy. I've been through trying prescription medications. I could not take the side effects of those prescriptions. I just did not, it was not worth it for me for the side effects to get the little bit of benefit. And I didn't like how it took my sparkle away is what I, how I describe it. It brought me, made me feel less anxious, but the prescriptions made me lose my sparkle. I'm like a type A person, obviously. And um, I love being busy. I love having a thousand things to do every day. I just don't like to fret about each and every one of them as I'm trying to get through my day. Um, but I didn't want to lose the sparkle. So then I was just like, okay, I just have to resolve to the fact that I'm going to be a highly functioning, anxious person my whole life and sleep like two or three hours tossing and turning. So that was just going to be my life. I'm fine. Right. But I wasn't fine. Um, and I have my own podcast, me and a friend of ours do a pharmacy podcast as well. And on one of those podcasts, we interviewed a student of mine that had graduated and was a pharmacist and she was um, a CBD advocate. And when we interviewed her, and she talked about anxiety and she talked about all the research. I was like, whoa, when I got off of that interview with her, I was I was like, I have to look into this because I'm going to prove her wrong is the way I went into it. I'm like, this is, there's no way. This stuff is hooey pooey, taboo, like, no. So, but I secretly looked at all the research about anxiety because that was my curiosity. And there's so much research around how helpful and therapeutic CBD is without the side effects. And so- I was blown away and, but I'm this professor and I'm this, you know, I, I'm well known in the community, whatever. Like I had this, you know, still feeling of taboo from school. And so I secretly started trying it because I didn't want anybody to know and totally changed my life. Like I did not lose my sparkle, did not have any side effects. My anxiety went from here all the way down to here. I was able to have those thousand things to do a day but be able to just mindfully go, okay, first I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do that. I just was able to cope and be normal through my mind process instead of being anxious. 
And I slept for like six hours a night, which is unheard of. Like that didn't ever happen for me. Um, so totally changed my life. And so then I couldn't stop talking about it. So <laughs> I didn't I said, okay, I'm going to be this person that's going to say the right things and be the, the credible pharmacist that talks about the research, talks about what it actually can and can't do. Cause there's things that are out there that it cannot do that people are saying it does. Um, and so that became, and then once I started talking about it, people started asking me, well, what do you use? Where should I get it? What brand? And so that was the point I realized, okay, I have to not just be the advocate for this, but I have to also be the portal for where people can get a quality CBD product, because there's a lot of products out there that are, don't have in them what they say on the label. There's plenty of research to show that, um, unfortunately. So that's when I brought in my own products and said, okay, this is going to be me. I'm going to have to be also this, um, consultant and, and um, provider for CBD. And so I have my own formulated CBD products now that I is probably probably half of my business is in that world. Because once I started talking about it, I realized the need is there. There's a huge need for um, credible CBD. And so that's, that's what I'm doing a lot of the time. Yeah. And when you think about people who have a history and a relationship with this plant, it's all about sort of self-medicating right they're just looking for something that helps them mm -hmm. and whether you call it recreational the point is people reach for it so they can get through their day right mm -hmm. um and there is a lot of stigma still i feel like from all the history and the politics um but looking at it from like a sort of more spiritual and holistic lens i would say that this plant, like the two major cannabinoids that we always talk about, the CBD and the THC, they serve different roles, as I mentioned. So the CBD, I find to be more like a body effect, like in having you be more in your body. And that is so helpful for somebody that is always in their mind, which is like that vata that we talked about, which is that anxiety. And the THC is psychoactive, so it does act on your mind. And so like they play this synergistic role when together and a lot of times, you know, experts actually recommend starting a one to one ratio and then, you know, adjusting from there. But even just, you know, the less stigmatized CBD can be a wonderful addition to somebody's healthcare routine. And I'm curious, like because of your journey and, and you're wearing the pharmacist hat and then all these other hats, like what is your advice for other pharmacists that maybe also want to advocate for things that is not strictly mm -hmm. under the pharmacy umbrella or, you know, want to bring these other modalities into their practice. Yeah, it takes a courage step, actually, because, you know, it does kind of become part of your brand. So I think first is just really being okay with it and being really confident in whatever that modality is. Um, um, so I think that's something you just kind of have to process through that are you okay with that? And then, I, but if you are, I think there's more and more of us that need to be out there. Um, I didn't realize that what I was trying to do actually had a name. It was called functional medicine. I just, I didn't even know that's what that was. Um, but now that I, I'm out in the space, you realize it's not so unusual. I think when we're in the pharmacy world or we're in, for me, the academic world, you're in this bubble. And when I got out of that, I realized, it's not so odd for somebody in the healthcare system to be thinking openly about all the opportunities because we're shortchanging our patients when we just stick with one modality, when there's a whole slew of things that we could address that would 
we did, we, there's a whole menu of things you can do. We don't need, when we just stick with one, we're kind of limiting our cards to play where if we, we're open to other um, modalities of like herbalism and um, acupuncture and chiropractic. And there's lots of things that have shown to really help patients and they have very little impact on like side effects or things like that. Um, so I think once I would just say for someone else interested in getting into that kind of alternative, non-traditional <laughs> person, um, you know, get on to LinkedIn and start looking around a naturopathic pharmacy or herbalism, like whatever it is that you're interested in and, and, and pharmacy and notice and, and connect with those people who are maybe outside the box or non-traditional and kind of start building your community around yourself, because I think you'll find you'll not be alone. There's plenty of amazing, smart, genius people. It's not like they're a bunch of, you know, just hippies or anything like these are really educated people who are doing these amazing things in that non-traditional space. So get yourself really familiar and, and start shaking hands, start talking to them, say, Hey, can we have a phone call? Um, because I'd love to hear about what you're doing. And yeah. And then you'll realize you'll get even more confident in becoming whoever it is you're being drawn to become. Yeah, that is such great advice. And that's something that I personally didn't start getting into until pretty recently, I would say like the last couple of years, I've been really growing my network. Um, but before that, you know, maybe we had like one lecture in school about like the importance of networking and how to behave or like present yourself at an event. And only now I'm realizing, you know, this is so important because it really does take community to make these changes like globally, you know, and, and more talked about because we, we don't live in a silo. We can't do this by ourselves. So we need to all work together and learn from each other and see, okay, this is working, you know, and, and how can I model this? And how can we start bringing these things out into the open and into actual settings and institutions and then maybe teach in institutions to the next generations about the more integrative things that are helping patients at the end of the day? Um, you know, and like you said, they don't have side effects or they could be much cheaper to implement than pharmacotherapy. So um, I think we're all on the same side here. We just need to talk about it more. And so from that, I just have two last questions for you. Um, the first being that what you just said about communication and talking how did you grow your business like through that lens, you know, and, and what advice you have there? And the second question is really uh, this comment about the how as a pharmacist, right, you can start to add things that are complementary. And for me, that has been herbalism because it's so hand in hand, right, with pharmacy. And it's like we we have been an herbalist, right? But then there was a point of time when we started being distinct pro professions, but we used to be one. And so it's just so, so complimentary in my opinion. And you have a beautiful story you shared about learning about your family lineage and herbalism. And, and I would love for you to share oh, that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, so to your first question, I forget what your first question was. It was, oh, how do I market? Don't let me lose the second question. Um, but so for marketing, wow, I learned a lot. Like, um, I think there's lots of opportunity to market yourself, especially nowadays with social media. Um, for me in particular in the CBD space, I get very limited because of the, the legal system around CBD and THC. I actually sell 
full spectrum, I was going to tell you. So full spectrum is using the whole plant where it has that little trace amount of THC. Um, but for me in particular, you, you know, if, if I didn't have the CBD, um, there's so many opportunities to just be, a, be yourself. Like I, I love like you and all these amazing other pharmacists that have just put themselves out in social media and just shared yourself with the world and the social media, like that's a resource we have not had in years before. Like you can reach people. I actually sell CBD across the United States. It's not just in my local area because of my interactions through social media and through friendships I have and so forth in other places. So social media is a great, another thing I, as a business owner, I found was BNI. So I, I don't get money from them. I pay them money actually. Um, but I'm part of BNI, which is Business Networking International. And what that does is if you're trying to grow yourself locally, you really get a community around you of local entrepreneurs that are also trying to grow their business. And we try to refer each other. So you kind of have a lot of people in my space. I have like a chiropractic chiropractor in there. I have an acupuncturist. I have a person who has a gym work, you know, gym workout. I have a physical therapist and then also have nurse practitioners that work in ambulatory care. And so that, that I've built relationships in BNI with all those entities that are bringing me business or referrals as well. Um, so I think finding a way, I think as a pharmacist, I've always thought I haven't done this, but going, we have a local, right. Um, uh, chapter of our pharmacy organization, right? But I, and we give talks and CEs. So I easily could step into there. I will one day give a talk on CBD, like putting yourself out in front of other pharmacists and sharing with them is important. So those are the kind of the ways social media for me and BNI are the two that just BNI made my business explode. Um, it quadrupled my business that first year. So that's definitely something I would recommend. And then, yes. On the side of like um, my family, I just recently found out in my history, it's kind of interesting. Life is interesting. I, I just think there's nothing by chance. It's kind of crazy that I just got graduated through this wonderful herbal program with Marina and my um, family, somebody who's an older person in our family, the, monar the monarchy or whatever you would say, she's like the she runs everything in her family. Anyway, she passed down to me recently this huge book that had been rebound. It's called Vitology, but it is my, evidently my great grandmother was a healer. They called her a healer and people would come to her with all kinds of ailments like stomach aches or headaches or whatever they had rashes. And she would take care of them in like this naturopathic way. And so I have this book that she used now with all of the things for all the different conditions that she treated and most of them are through plants so it's it's a lot of like making tinctures and um so wow I found out just recently that this non-traditional thing is actually in my blood <laughs> yeah so yeah that was really cool that is I'm just getting chills sitting over here because it really does live on like this information and in our DNA and our family connections and our genealogy like all that stuff is stored through the matriarch, right? Through the maternal line, mostly. And so we are we are connected with the earth intricately. That's what I learned too in herbalism that, you know, we depend on these other kingdoms. We can't just live, you know, our species alone and, and not need anything else. We need things, right? We can't just artificially create things. We're trying to, but what we're learning is like, 
nature provides exactly what we need. So if we take care of it, it will take care of us. And plant medicine teaches us that. So I love that you got this connection. And hopefully this reinforces your mission and what you're doing and what you stand for. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for coming on. If you have just one more minute, I would love to do a rapid round with you. Okay, sure. Whatever that is, I'm for it. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. So question number one is what's the number one thing that somebody could do to improve their quality of life right now? Just stop doing whatever the heck they're doing and just sit still and relax their shoulders and close their eyes and take like 10 really deep breaths. That's the best thing they could do for themselves right now. You know, I love the specificity of that advice because I think that's how people can implement it when they know exactly what to do and not just like, oh, you know, try meditation. It's like, no, tell me exactly what to do, how long, how many reps. That is really actionable. So I love that. Yeah, yeah. I want everybody to stop this podcast and go do that right now. Or <laughs> um, second question, what is your favorite hobby besides what you shared with us about yoga? Um, actually my favorite hobby is painting. I have, I'm, I'm a painter. It's kind of therapeutic for me. And when I was in my anxious whole life, um, being able to, to paint, you really have to draw your focus. You have to pay attention to every little detail. So you let go of, you can't be thinking about anything else. Um, so yeah, I love to, to paint, uh, acrylics usually. Yeah. Art therapy, right. And that is yeah. a form of meditation, like you shared. So single-minded focus. Um, and so third question is what is your favorite meal or dish to prepare? Oh, wow. I'm not a real good cook. My husband would tell you that. So I don't try to do too much, but my favorite to make, actually, I guess I would say is, um, I make a heck of a rum cake. (laughs) Um, it is really, really, really good. It's like a delicious pound cake. It has a consistency. It's my, it's my grandmother's recipe. One of my grandmother's recipes. Um, But yeah, that's my favorite thing to bake is everybody loves my rum cake. All right. Well, I'm flying down. Save me a slice. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. All right, Heather. Well, I would love for you to share with our listeners how they can learn more about you, get in touch with you and support your work. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. So you can find me um, at, at um, in Facebook at Halo Health. That's so you can just look Halo Health, and you'll find I have a whole Facebook group there. Um, also, you can find me on Instagram, but I'm under Farmy Gal, which is Farmy underscore Gal, and you'll find kind of the same information there as well. But I have two websites. The main website will get you to everything. So my m- main website is Halo Health altogether halohealth.net. And that gets you to my website, which can get you to my services, what I do, um, the supplements I use, and then also get you to my CBD website, which is a different website as well. Um, But I'll just give you the main website to get you to everything, which is at halohealth.net. Beautiful. Well, I'll have all that info in the show notes. And I want to thank you again for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I so appreciated it. My pleasure. Have a great day ahead. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you learned something new from it, I'd love if you could leave us a five-star review and share it with a friend who might love it too. 
You can find me on any of the podcast and social media platforms by looking up Holistic Pharmacist or Dr. Marina Booksov. Thank you for your support and see you next time.